Welcome to The Forgotten, a podcast dedicated to shining a light on the often overlooked and heartbreaking experiences of homeless seniors in hospice care. Join us as we embark on a journey of empathy and understanding, delving into the lives of those who have been left behind by society. So hey everybody, here we are with the first ever episode of The Forgotten. It is a uh, podcast and it's also going to be shared on YouTube. And the forgotten is about the the plight of um, our seniors and uh, our forgotten population of people living in homeless shelters that need hospice care. And I'm here with uh, the uh, the the brainchild behind this whole podcast and the CEO of Care Management Marketing in San Diego, California, uh, Jason Keogh. Jason, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. So. Um, tell us, tell us a little bit about, you know, yourself and, and how you got involved with my understanding you've been involved in, um, hospice care pretty much for the last, what, 10, 15 years, even maybe even longer than that. Well, it all started with my family, uh, getting sick, uh, three of them passed within less than a year's time. And then that was around 2016 or so. And, uh, from there I, uh, I wanted to figure out what's going on with our healthcare cause it's supposed to be the world. Yeah. They tell us that all the time. <laughs> and I'm wondering, where is it, man? Where, where is it? Waiting for it. So now I'm going to go find it. And once I realized that not just my family is going through a lot of drama <laughs> and deaths, our neighbors and in our neighborhoods and in the community is also facing the exact same problem. And there doesn't seem to be someone who is responsible for these seniors to get them into the right directions. And being, <clears throat> growing up in the city, you want to be able to know that your city's going to take care of you, especially when you're weak, especially when you worked so hard your whole life and you get to the point where you can't do things for yourself anymore. So, uh, <clears throat> After realizing that this is happening to the entire city, then states, then country, I realized we have something that needs to be taken care of now. And after that, uh, after three of my family members passed, I looked at my internal family. My dad had uh, spinal surgery and he, they messed up. And then they kept on giving him uh, the hard addiction drugs like oxycontin and all these heavy drugs and then uh my mom started uh, taking it too and it's just uh not good for the parents especially when you're sitting around doing nothing <clears throat> and then i have my aunt going into alzheimer's and then my younger brother is uh having mental conditions mm -hmm. so it's actually attacking me from all types of angles and i was just like this is this there has to be someone, something, or some program to help these type of families in these type of situations at the very end of their lives where there is someone that actually cares for human dignity, you know? Yeah. So I, I know um, we just, um, you know, did a lot of work uh, together on care management marketing. And um, the one thing that I know you and I have talked about a lot is bridging the gap in hospice care. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, what you mean by bridging the gap in hospice care. 
So <clears throat> imagine if you're a senior living in a independent home or an independent senior community. And let's say you fall, you you get sent out to the hospital, and then from the hospital, they decide to send you to a rehab. But then you're paying rent at a place and they haven't seen you for months. What's going to go on with their minds that he abandoned and that's it? And then they, they lock him out and he's done. He has no place to go. And then he's at the hospital or rehab. He's there for 90 days to 100 days because they try to keep you in there. Uh, and if you benefit them with money, they're going to keep you in there longer. So sometimes there is no communication with the property that they used to live. And so what happens is they overstay at the skilled nursing rehab for months to years, where then when they're ready to discharge them, they have no more home. And so that's one of the beginning of, of these issues is that these people are getting left and tossed out there. And no one's actually following up with how he got there at the property where he fell out. So my job is to communicate with the property managers, with the hospitals, with the skilled rehab to know when he, where he's going to go to, how long he's going to stay there, and when do they plan to discharge him. Because we can still hold on to their housing. We can still hold on and bring uh, uh, caregivers into the home and provide care there for them. But then they... They take them for so long that eventually they leave them with nothing. They have no Medicare money anymore. They have no home. <laughs> and then they absorb their SSI and then, you know, they have nothing. And then so all their stuff is is tossed out and then they're stuck in the rehab for X amount of years. Unbelievable. 20 now, years. Yeah. You, you, I know that you, uh, you do work at the... Uh... Uh, a homeless shelter. I believe you're there now, right? Yeah, I, I I put my time there because I noticed that there are homeless people that are terminally ill and are dying on the streets, and I want to get them into care. And so uh, I found a couple of people there that were in stage cancer, but they didn't trust anybody. And that was a main problem for me is that I needed to create credibility and trust with these people. So I volunteered my time to provide chair exercises to these seniors. And at the same time, I get to investigate what's going on with each person. What are they in pain for? What is a perfect workout for them? And if they're in a lot of pain, then I get them out of there. Then I provide a solution for them. And then I will follow them all the way until they get discharged back to where they need to go to. And if it gets worse, we have a program and a foundation that pays for their assisted living boarding care. Tell me a little bit more about your foundation because we had a lot of conversations about this uh, over the last week or so and some of the frustration that you're experiencing with, you know, things like fundraising and, you know, and getting the money uh, for, you know, your foundation. Yes. And uh, because this is not a small thing. You're looking at 4000 minimum for importing care assisted living. So if you're 65 and 70, you got to have at least minimum four or $5,000 a month. Just file. So that someone can help you take care of you, help you with food, help you with cleaning, help you with everything that you're going to need help with. Uh, and, and so, uh, so 
all I do is go to skilled nursing facilities and hospitals and and evaluate all the residents that's been there for over five years, 10 years, 20 years, and try to get them out of there. Because the last place, if they were going to die, it would it would be a worse place for them to die or pass in a hospital or a skilled rehab. I wanted to take them into a nice home setting where mm-hmm. there's actual ability to be relaxed, you know, in a home setting where they know that this is going to be the, all the care you get. And we provide the support for you. So you get all the support at a boarding care with the social worker, with the nurse on the weekly visits. We're here to care for you. And and so this is why I, I love this job because it's through Medicare and Medi-Cal. And this is money where uh, it's set to save for a lot of independent uh, civilians so that they can get the care that they need at the end of their life. And so I want to be able to access all these funds for people so they can start using it now because they think that they're saving it for later on, but they need it now. And they will die if they don't use it. Yeah, so this is... Uh, you, told me a, you told me a heartbreaking story the other night about people that are in these facilities for 20 years and die in these facilities for 20... It is, it's crazy. That's, that's just crazy. And it's because they don't have any care at home, no money to support their uh, their need, or uh, it's just there's no program to support them. So when I realized that there's all these people there that's been there for the longest of 20 years, can you imagine just being there from an early age in your, let's say, your 40s or something? You're still young and vibrant. But you had problems with some sort of uh, body parts where you're stuck there because there's no one to take you in. Then you years start going by, you know, to to two years to five years, realizing there's no one there to actually get you out of here into a normal home. Wow, it's 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 you get a small little room or a small little bed, and you know it's about like uh, us. Eight by ten, you know, and that's where you're supposed to have all your 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 life. And so they're just stuck there because there's no one able to help them get out of there. Wow. My job is to interview the ones that are terminally ill, and a lot of times they just want to get out of there, and they will accept hospice because they will get them out of there. But I explain it to them what hospice is. What is hospice? It's a program that provides free equipments, free supplies, free nurse visits, medications, and home health aid, and a social worker to help you, like a team. And then I explain to them that they're there to help you and and get you through all the drama that you're going through right now, where you don't need to focus on surviving. You can just focus on living. Because all we're doing right now is always surviving, and no one's really living. So... I would like to give that to people at the end of their lives, not knowing it, it that it is their end of their lives, not even knowing that too. Because I was helping this woman that's been there for like five, six years, and she's been yelling to get out. And she caused so much hecticness at the facility that they called me to deal with this patient. I told the patient, she's got it proved, and I'm going to get her out of here. And then... By the time I get ready to get them out, they would die in that day. Mm. Night up. Yeah. Wow. And so <clears throat> they don't they don't get the dignity of, you know, being with 
uh, you know, family or some sort of support system, they just die alone. And that's ter- that's a terrible thing. I just want to give them the ability to know that they can go home now. You know, I want to get them out of here. And right. at, least, at least my goal is to get them to a home where then you can have the full care of support just for you versus the skilled nursing in the hospital. It's, you know, this is just dedicated just for you and to just to live your life. So, you know, I, 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 I kind of enjoy just trying to get them out of there. Once they get out of there, if they pass away in their boarding care homes, I know that, that at least we got them out of there, you know? Right. It's like a transitional place that you're just stuck there and you don't know what's going on with you. It's just crazy. You're like in, lim- you're like in limbo. Yeah. You're, re- you're really kind of caught between, you know, one side of the equation and the other, and there's nowhere for you to go. So do you think this is a, it, like, I mean, I, I, I'm in Pennsylvania here, and I know in Philadelphia, um, we have a, a huge, um, you know, issue with homelessness and, um, you know, the elderly on the street. I gotta, I gotta imagine this is a problem everywhere. You know, Chicago, you know, Colorado, Florida. It, it can't be just isolated, you know, to uh, to San Diego. It's all over the place. I've seen it in uh, a lot of other states. I've been seeing other states like uh, I think uh, watch California's number one. We're at close to three hundred thousand uh, homelessness in New York. They've gone down to two twenty, two hundred twenty thousand. Next one was Florida. They're below that, and then Washington. Uh, they're below that. Oh, it, it's, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely an issue. So, but. And- and the pro- one another problem is all the people from different states are traveling out here and they're stuck out here because their health plan is up right. They came out here to get help and care and they're free. Yeah, I was going to ask you what's you know what's the attraction to coming to California, but you just kind of answered that question for me because um, you know the the healthcare system that we have, the Affordable Care Act that was put into effect um, really hasn't, you know, there's a number, we could talk for hours about that, but, you know, it's clearly not addressing, you know, this very important uh, need for, you know, people to be able to, to die with some dignity, you know, to be able to, to, to be in a place where people care about them. So, yeah. And what's Nick, your foundation, Jason? Our foundation is called Caritas Care. Okay. And Caritas Care also, we team up with the boarding care, the independence and assisted living. The reason why is because they don't want to charge that fee. And I understand it because this is, this is a service of care and you need a higher level of care and you need professionals and you need to be able to uh, support them so they can also live their life too while caring right. for others. And we know that they try to keep the price down so that other people can afford it. And w- one way of keeping it down is using Caritas Care to deliver produce to these boarding cares and assisted living to let them know that we're backing them up. We give them patients, we refer patients to them. We also pay for a lot of the patients to stay there. We bring food there. We bring equipment, supplies, nurse visits to support these independents and assisted living. This is what's needed in the community is 
we need a connection. It's it's you know I I told you this a couple times you know you're you're on uh, you know I was a police officer for twenty five years and uh, you're definitely um, you're definitely on the good the good people list you know that there's I'm sure there's more people as they listen to your podcast and they see your YouTube's uh, YouTube videos um, that are out there um, you know as we wrap up here. Uh, what do you think the most important thing is going forward that, you know, individuals can do to help, you know, help with the system? For one thing, they need to work on their own help. They need to respect themselves and their body. Because if you want to help other people, you cannot be a problem. You need to fill all the needs of this body, the spirit, so that you can actually help other people. Mm-hmm. You're helping other people and you're doing good, and your thoughts are good, and your emotions are good, whatever you do, it's for the good, nothing will work uh, against you. And other people will see that, you know, and, and it's not like uh, they'll know if you're faking it, but if you just, your thought, your mind, your emotions, and your body, you just want to help. If they are focused on this, then they will f- receive this blessing that is a good feeling that people are looking for. That's awesome. They're always looking for a good feeling to get. That's why they go drink. That's why they go party. That's why they go to all types of places just to get that good feeling. But for my good feeling is helping really suffer because the reward becomes very strong back to you. Subtle. It's very subtle. And that's something people need to feel now because they don't feel anything. And that's why... They, they get a little bit too too much sometimes, but I'm subtle. You can start feeling things. So right. you just care about people and then it opens up. Your system opens up. So there's a reward is what I'm saying. Right. You good, good things will happen to you. And I want to push that to the entire world that we need to start focusing on being better, doing the right things. And myself, I got into this position. I knew that if... I get into this, it needs to be all the way. There's no shortcuts. There's no slacking. You have to do it from top to bottom because everyone is now watching you and everyone also depends on you because. Absolutely. I totally agree. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset. So as you finish up here, um, if somebody wants to donate to your foundation, how do they, uh, it, do, do they have a website? Yes. It, it's a Karita dash care.org but i don't want just anyone to donate to us i don't want the the regulars uh joe to to do this i want them to pass it up to the corporate office the corporate offices the big banks the ones that are making money off of us from the pharmacy companies to the weapons companies that's making billions off of our 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 lives they need to be responsible for the future because they are sucking in so much money and taxes from us that we have nothing left. So if they want to do their part, they need to take care of their people and their communities because it's going to be, this program is going to be for them. It's going to be their brothers, their fathers, their grandparents, their aunts, their friends, their neighbors. It's going to be for them. Them too. Them too. I couldn't, I couldn't end on a better note. Jason, we, uh, you know, we've got a lot of work ahead of us and, uh, I'm happy to be a part of this. So 
we will talk in the next episode. Uh, take care and keep up Thank the you. good fight. Thank you. I will. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on.